The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at First, first Listen. Listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily Podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. BuzzFeed News reports, quote, In America, black babies have the highest infant mortality rates, women the highest maternal mortality rates, and men the shortest lifespans. Black patients are more likely than white ones to receive later stage diagnoses for some cancers and less likely to receive needed pain treatment and specialty care referrals. In efforts to narrow these disparities, black physicians and other providers are considered critical, end quote. While they may be considered critical, BuzzFeed also reports, quote, non-white physicians are much more likely than white physicians to leave a job due to what they say is discrimination. At academic medical centers, which combine clinical care, research, and teaching, underrepresented minority faculty members have little mentorship, report facing racial bias, and have lower odds of being promoted, studies show, end quote. After Hurricane Katrina, Today's guest made history as the first black woman to run a physician residency program at Tulane University. In 2020, as protesters demanded justice after George Floyd's murder, cities tore down Confederate statues and the health agencies declared that racism kills, today's guest made history again, this time by suing Tulane for racial and gender discrimination. Hoping that she could force one of the oldest medical schools in the Deep South to confront its dark past and could call attention to her profession's failure to reflect the people it cares for, Dr. Princess Denna set out to test the reach of America's supposed racial reckoning. Dr. Princess E. Denna is an established clinician, educator, administrator, and scientist who focuses on health disparities among racial and ethnic minorities by developing evidence-based interventions in primary care and postgraduate medical education settings. Currently board certified in both internal medicine and pediatrics by the American Board of Internal Medicine and the American Board of Pediatrics, Dr. Denna aims to promote a diverse workforce and reduce health inequalities. Here with us to discuss the state of diversity in medicine, its impact and importance for the Black community, we have Dr. Princess Denna. This is the Black Information Network Daily Podcast, and I am your host, Ramses Ja. So welcome to the show, Dr. Denna. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Of course, of course. You're, you have a, 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 an amazing story, 
And I'm really excited to share it with our with our listeners today. So let's start by sharing a bit about yourself, your upbringing, you know, what kind of led you to becoming a doctor? So I am um, a board certified MedPeds, we say for short, physician. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm the CEO and co-founder of two organizations, um, Premium Care Medical Center, a private practice in the West Bank of New Orleans, and Denim Medical Erudition, an advocacy and consultant firm um, whose mission is to fight against uh, medical racism, mm-hmm. um, providing resources, sponsorship, um, as well as um, social advocacy and empowerment. I decided um, to become a doctor when I was seven years old. Mm. Prior to that, um, I always say that I'm from Nigeria by way of Philadelphia. So I was born in Brooklyn. I left when I was six months or my parents left when when, um, I was six months. And from there, we grew up in Nigeria to about five to six years of age. But we settled in Philadelphia. So the rest of my formative years, um, I was in Philadelphia. When I was seven years old, um, we lived in Southwest Philly, the inner cities of Philadelphia. And there we saw a lot of violence. Um, There was a lot of deprivation. um, There was a lot of despair. And very particularly in the street that we live, there were the lack of um, city stop signs. Mm. And so as a result of that, a lot of kids that were riding their bike when they were coming from a particular street would get hit by a car. And this was happening so frequently. And so I remember very specifically because my parents never really let us kind of go outside and play. They were kind of those strict parents. So we were, you were home, you were there, you had to read um, and prepare for your future. So I remember this particular time they said, okay, you can sit at the steps. We really don't want you on the, si- on, on the sidewalks or in the street. So we were sitting on the steps and I remember hearing a, a car screech and, psh, and, it, and it hit this kid. Mm. And so everyone was screaming. I was screaming. I was calling for my mom. Everyone went to the street. And I just remember thinking the amount of time before the ambulance came was so significant. And so the kid was taken away. And the next day, one of the things that would happen um, in Philly is that whenever someone died, we would throw sneakers or they would throw sneakers on the the wires, on the, the phone wires. Right. Next day, there was a new pair of sneakers. Oh, no. On wire. And so my assumption is that the kid died. Okay. So I didn't know what type of physician I wanted to be. I just wanted to be a physician that was going to help the community, that was not going to be scared to go into the community um, and save lives. That's all I knew. And as I was growing up, obviously, the only TV show that had Black physicians was something like The Cosby Show. Right. So I was like, oh, I'm going to be that kind of. I'm going to be OBGYN, right? Okay. <laughs> so, thinking that I was going to be an OBGYN. Um, And then eventually I got involved in a program that provided resources to Black youth called the MARC program, Minority Access to Research Career Programs. And there I learned what I needed to do um, to become a physician. I had mentorship. Um, The program um, made sure that I made the right choices in terms of um, college. So even if there were counselors there saying you can't be a doctor, I had Dr. Williams from the MARC program that was saying you can be a doctor. I had my parents you can be a doctor. And here were the steps that you needed to do to get there to be a doctor. So and ultimately, um, after graduating from med school and um, completing residency, um, my husband and I decided to go back to Philadelphia and we settled in Philly. And um, about two in 2008, 
um, those patients or those people who were coming from New Orleans that were displaced because of Hurricane Katrina came to this health center that we were working in. And I remember several patients saying, where are you from? And so my maiden name is Toussaint. So people would think I was from New Orleans. And mm. so um, so it attracted the New Orleans patients. Um, and I was like, no, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm Nigerian. <laughs> um, and they said, um, we really need doctors like you in New Orleans. Yeah. And so ultimately, my husband and I decided to come just for one year. It was supposed to be just a one year thing. Um, but landed a position with um, Tulane University, um, where I was there for about 13 to 14 years. And, um, and now I'm um, growing my private practice and my new organization that's interested in fighting against uh, medical racism. Very good. Now, now you mentioned the, the Cosby show. I, I know that I've heard this before that representation matters, especially with, with television programs like that. But, you know, the general uh, idea there is that representation matters. What are your thoughts on the current status of Black representation across the medical industry? You know, Blacks are still grossly under, underrepresented in all aspects of medicine, sure. right? So primary care, cardiovascular, subspecialty care, surgery, they're grossly underrepresented. Mm-hmm. Um, in 2010, the Association of American Medical College published data And in that data, they stated that Blacks um, represented about 6.3% of um, physicians, active physicians. Ten years later, fast forward, specifically 2019, they published another set of data. And that data now shows that it dropped from 6.3% to 5%. Mm -hmm. Where we are right now, Blacks represent 5% of active physicians. So we haven't really moved the needle (laughs) too much. Um, in terms of representation in medicine. And what you talked about earlier in terms of the increase in um, maternal mortality or infant mortality rates, right? The reason we are seeing that is partially because of racism and the lack of representation. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. People don't always realize just how much their negative thoughts and experiences stick with them and weigh them down. You may find your brain constantly running through a highlight reel of bad moments. That comment your friend made last week that hurt your feelings. That frustrating thing your mom does. Or that silly thing you said in a meeting. Maybe it's time to get it all off your chest. Whether it's a tiny annoyance or something much bigger, talking about it can give you some relief and lead you to a potential solution. That's where therapy comes in. It's a safe space to share whatever's weighing you down and learn to process it so your internal highlight reel can focus on the good stuff. And BetterHelp offers affordable online therapy on a schedule that works for you. Connect with a licensed therapist by text, phone, or video call. Start the process in minutes and switch therapist anytime. Let it out with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com B-I-N today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash B-I-N. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? 
That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Uh, thank God for deliverance. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We are here today with diversity, equity, and inclusion advocate and physician, Dr. Princess Denna discussing the state of diversity in medicine, its impacts and importance for the Black community. So how important is it for the Black community to have easily accessible Black medical professionals in appropriate numbers and actively practicing in all areas of medicine? Yeah. So there are research shows that Black patients do better. They have better outcomes with Black doctors. Sure. I can see that. So factors known as social determinants of health, et cetera, have been shown to be contributors, right, to all of these things. But even if you account and control for social determinants of health, the research shows that the one salient factor that can predict poor quality of care is racial discordance between the physician and the patients. Really? Absolutely. And huh. so what you see is, is that those patients who have um, Black physicians, those Black patients who have Black physicians are more likely to have optimum quality of care and better outcomes. So representation matters. Now, now that's sort of looking forward, like in an ideal situation. In terms of right now, how does institutionalized racism impact the medical field? Yeah. So, you know, Dr. Um, there's a physician by the name of um, Dr. Kamara Jones, and she frames institutionalized racism as the differential access to good services and opportunities. Okay. Right? And we know that medicine in the United States is a racialized system is built and predicated upon anti-black violence and scientific racism to prove that there's a differentiation between um, blacks and whites. So therefore, there should be a differential allocation of resources in the medical field. Right. So just this perpetual cycle of racial inequality in the medical field. So how it manifests is when we think of race correction calculation. 
The yeah. impact yeah. of that, when we look at GFRs or when we look at pulmonary function tests or indications for pulmonary transplant or cardiovascular in, um, intervention, we see that Black patients are tiered and put at a lower part or, or given lower opportunities to get kidney transplants, to get lung transplants, to get um, catheterizations, right, or interventions, or even medication. See, the COVID pandemic exposed what was already happening, already. How so? So, for a long time, we have already known that a device, for example, pulse oximetry, Right, the pulse oximetry tells us whether or not the patient is saturating to a certain degree that is considered appropriate. Well, we've already known that there's a high false positive in terms of black patients, if they're given pulse oximetry, might show, for example, that they're saturating at 98, 100%, but really they're saturating at 80 or 90%. And, 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 is, and is experiencing air hunger. So mm. when COVID happened, one of the indications for a patient to be admitted to the hospital was whether or not their pulse ox was over a certain amount, was under a certain amount. And because and of the adjustments. Yes. Were falsely being told to go home. Wow. But the medical industry already knew this, but it doesn't matter. Because at least white patients got the accurate pulse oximetry measurement. And we can at least see when they need to be admitted to the hospital. But this has been going on for a long time. And the question is, why hasn't it been corrected? I think that this kind of uh, illuminates why the, uh, the work that you're doing is so important, perhaps even why there were so many people um, saying that they needed a doctor like you in New Orleans. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Dr. Princess E. Denna is with us today discussing diversity in medicine, its impact, and its importance for the Black community. This concludes part one. Check back in with us tomorrow for part two. I'm your host, Ramses Ja, and this is the Black Information Network Daily Podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at, at First, first listen. listen. This season... 
We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.